Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It's a victory Monday celebrating the Commanders 35-33 to win over the Denver Broncos. I'm broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck, as you can catch me here every Monday recapping college football on Saturday and going through the NFL Sunday slate as we get you geared up for tonight. Two games, Monday Night Football. New Orleans, Carolina at 7.15, and then 8.15 on ABC, Cleveland against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll, we'll break that game down throughout the show today, live from Capital Ale House in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. It's Monday. You deserve an extended lunch break. So we said it last week, Christopher. We've got to say it again. A win is a win is a win. It will always be a win. A tie is a loss, and there is no such thing as a moral victory. A win is a win, and the Commanders are 2-0 for the first time since 2011. So I wanted to start the show with this. I saw online, well, how would you give out the Commanders' win? Percent of the win to certain individuals, right? Out of 100%. Right now, I would say, I'm going to give 60% of this win to Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, the assistant head coach that came over this season from Kansas City and has single-handedly turned this offense around. 35 points? 35 points scored? We haven't done that in years. And the last time we did it was because we got help with the defense with a pick six. I mean, the offense was just looking great from about the halfway mark of the second quarter throughout the rest of the game. They put up 35 points. 20%? to that defensive line. Something switched, something flipped in the middle of that game there where the defensive line started getting past with the O-line with ease, started causing havoc in the backfield and taking down Russell Wilson. Give me 10% of this victory to Brian Robinson Jr. and the offensive line. How do you win games on the run, on the road? Oh, you run the ball for 122 yards with a 5.3-yard average. Yeah, that's how you win on the road. That'll do. That'll do as the Commanders win 35-33. Give me 5% of the victory. Uh, Sam Howell probably deserved more percent, but uh, definitely wanted to include him there. And then 5%, the Commanders' secondary. Look, I get it. Upset that they gave up the Hail Mary. I am. You should be too. But Emmanuel Forbes with his first career interception and Benjamin St. Juice ices the game with that stop on the two-point conversion. And somehow the last two times the commanders have faced off against Russell Wilson, it has come down to uh, that two-point conversion, and the defense has prevailed. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports wallet, definitely not the sports phone. It's time for the sports app. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. The sports app. All right, let's start in the NFL as we were just talking about the Commander's win. And my favorite throw of the game from Sammy Howell. Slinging Sammy Howell, or as Chase Young called him, Sammy Sosa. And that was this 30-yard bomb to Terry McLaurin for a touchdown. Here's the call on the Commanders Radio Network. First attempt for Washington. They're at the Denver 30. Hal steps up, taking a shot towards the end zone to Terry McLaurin. Did he pull it in? Yes! Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! The first of the season for the captain. Massive, massive play for the Commanders right there. And then in the fourth quarter, Brian Robinson with a two-yard run 
as the Commanders take the lead over the Denver Broncos. Here's the call on the Commanders Radio Network. Chris Rodriguez lines up off left tackle. Robinson is the back. Two wide receivers to the left. Here's the snap to Howe. Inside hand off Robinson. Right up the gut. Across the goal line. Touchdown. <laughs> Touchdown, Washington. So let's move over here to the rest of the NFL games. And one of the greatest games was that Giants comeback. 20 to nothing at halftime. 20 to nothing. Final score, Giants win 31 to 28. As Daniel Jones rushes for 14 yards for the touchdown. And the Giants are on the board for the first time in this game. And halfway into their season, they lose, lose the first game 40-0 to the Cowboys. Down 20-0 at halftime. It wasn't until this call that the Giants scored their first touchdown of the season. Here's the call on the Giants radio network. Jones empty set, takes the snap, back to throw, zips one into the end zone, and it's caught for the touchdown Giants. Isaiah Hodgins. And just like that, the Giants... Start scoring. Saquon Barkley running all over the Cardinals. Daniel Jones, 321 yards, two touchdowns to just one or in, one interception. Got to give a lot of credit for the Giants' comeback to Jalen Hyatt, who had uh, two receptions, 89 yards, a long 58-yard catch and run. And here's the final call on the Giants' radio network as they come back and defeat the Cardinals, 31-28. to Dobbs is back. He sets. Now he's going to heave one deep down the right sideline. The ball is up in the air, and the ball is knocked down and incomplete. Batted away by Adoree Jackson, and the Giants have done it. They trail 20 to nothing at the half, 28 to 7 early in the third quarter. And now we go over to the other comeback over the weekend, which was Seattle against the Detroit Lions. Lions up 14 7. Had a big fourth quarter lead, but Geno Smith connects with Tyler Lockett for a touchdown in overtime as the Seahawks come back to defeat the Lions 37-31. Here's the call on the Seahawks radio network. Three wide receivers in the game. Geno is looking, looking. Now he throws far side. It's Lockett. Does he reach the ball across? He does. Yeah. It's over, yes. baby. Touchdown, Seahawks. Just a ton of comebacks in the NFL this weekend. Also a big comeback in college football. Let's move over to college football. And everyone around the country is talking about the biggest story in the sports world. That is Deion Sanders and Colorado. I mean, unbelievable comeback. But uh, it got started with Shiloh Sanders pulling off an impersonation of his father, of course, Deion Sanders. Shador's getting all the headlines, but Shiloh having a solid season at safety. He had a pick six to get Colorado on the board first. Here's the call. Nicolosi snap, dropped to throw, quick throw left side. It is picked off, and this one's called for a touchdown. Here he goes, 35-30, 25-20, 15-10, 5, touchdown, Shiloh Sanders with the pick deep inside. 80-yard interception, touchdown return, looking like his father. It was incredible to watch. He was kind of high-stepping after he caught it. Looked like Dion. And here's Dion Sanders after the game about his team being resilient, not giving up, and completing the crazy comeback in double overtime, 43-35. to Here's the head coach of Colorado, Dion Sanders. They never doubted themselves on the sideline. I mean, we were upset with some of the 
things not being executed that were called, but these young men never, they never give up. And I went and asked on the line. I said, guys, we just need six plays. Just give us six plays. Six plays, we're going to score. We'll get the extra point. Six plays, just give us six hard plays. And, and that's what they did. Travis Hunter, the star who's playing both sides of the ball, offense and defense for Colorado, was hit and is out three weeks after a dirty hit by Colorado State. It's really disappointing because the next three games are very difficult for Colorado. We were trying to see how good they could be this year. Well, they're going to have to uh, face off against Oregon, USC, and Arizona without Travis Hunter, who will miss three weeks due to that dirty hit. Uh, Another crazy game in college football. Michael Phillips talked about this game last week. It was Kansas State and Missouri. Here's the call by Mike Kelly from Learfield as Harrison Mevis makes a 61-yard field goal. Unranked Missouri beats number 15, Kansas. The kick set the record for the longest in SEC history. Here's the call. 61-yard attempt from Harrison Mavis just to the right of the left hash. Out of the hold of Luke Bauer with three seconds to play in regulation, tied at 27. Good snap, good place. Kick is up. It is... Yes! walk-off winner from 61! What a call right there. Let's move over to the MLB real quick on the sports app. As Every day on the sports app, we track the Washington Nationals who are now 66-84 and 84 on the season after a 2-1 victory over the Brewers, snapping a five-game losing streak. They face off against the White Sox tonight, 8 p.m. your first pitch. And speaking of baseball, there is playoff baseball here in Richmond, Virginia tomorrow at the Diamond. The Squirrels host a playoff game. Michael Phillips and myself will be live from the Diamond tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., getting you all set up for another playoff baseball game here in Richmond. Last year, Squirrels hosted a playoff game. This year, once again, as they try to advance to the second round, playoff series begins tomorrow at the Diamond. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is a victory Monday. Hail, hail to the commanders. Hail, victory. I could get used to winning and doing victory Mondays. The team is 2-0 for the first time since 2011. Let's celebrate. What were your thoughts on the game last night? 833-804-0910. Call AWOD, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Happy Victory Monday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Happy hour, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30 p.m. Got $2 off draft beers, $3 off wine, $3 off liquor drinks, and $3 off Bavarian pretzels. Belgian-style fries, loaded fries. I mean, who doesn't love loaded fries? Give me cheese and bacon on my fries all day, every day. That's $3 off Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30. All right, time to do a little crosstalk with my... New co-worker, Michael Phillips. What's going on, Michael P.? If you have time for a quick story, the Capital Alehouse pretzels are actually famous among the D.C. Commander's Media Corps. Um, so it, oh, it, really? It was one of the early years of training camp here, and um, Tony Wiley, longtime PR guy uh, for, for the Commanders, uh, then the Redskins, 
through a, a party for like a first day of training camp party at Capitol Ale House, rented out the downtown one, rented out, the, you know, the little party room where they do concerts and stuff, had everybody in. And uh, Tony's a very enthusiast, really liked the pretzels. I'm at Capitol Ale House and uh, he really liked the pretzels. And um, so as everybody's arriving at night, he's, oh, you know, Adam, great to see you. You got to try the pretzels. Pretzels are great, man. You got to try the pretzel. Oh, John Kimes here. John, how you doing? You have a great first. You got to try the pretzels, John. You got to try the must have told it to like 20 people. So, so any, you know, it, it is an actual phrase that we use. We used in the media room in Ashbridge. Got to try the pretzels. <laughs> I love that, man. You have so many great stories. You also told me a story about you hosting a media party. We'll save that for another day. That was that was a that was a great story. That's a two segment <laughs> special right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's recap it. Commanders win 35-33. Game balls. All right. You have three to give out, Michael. Uh, for me, I will give one to Eric Bieniemy. Called uh, call a great game. Scored 35 points offensively. My second game ball, I'm going to give to Duran Payne. I mean, I've never seen a guy impact one series as much as he did there with the, what was it, sack, tackles for loss, and then the pass deflection. And then Terry McLaurin. The game changed when McLaurin came down with that touchdown grab. I, I Two for three with you. You're absolutely correct. You have to list Eric Bieniemy first in terms of guys who made an impact on this game yesterday, Eric Bieniemy really stepped up, called a great game, was everything they were hoping for when they signed him. What a what a great great game, great call by Eric Bieniemy. Deron Payne was nasty. I'm gonna give it to the same play. I'm gonna give my game ball to Sam Howell though for trusting Terry McLaurin. Terry's been asking for that for a while. Hey, just trust me to catch the ball, and it was a really impressive catch. He deserves the game ball that you gave him. But Sam Howell flinging that thing on a rope. Into the, into the coverage. I counted that as double coverage. There were three guys in the area. It was a contested throw, contested catch. Very, very impressive. Sam Howell for me. We'll be breaking it down throughout the show today. Phones are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. You could be the quarterback, the GM, or the coach of this segment. Give me your thoughts. 833-804-0910. Commanders win. The team is 2-0. and How did they get this done, Michael? What do you believe was the turning point? You know, this was a full team effort in the second half. Now, you look at the numbers. I always think time of possession is a really important stat at halftime. Who controlled the ball? That can give you an idea of maybe which way luck or, or you know other things played in either way. And the commanders were controlling the ball. 19 minutes of possession time to 11 minutes for the Broncos. Um, give, it, give it up to Logan Thomas. You give me another game ball, I might give it to Logan Thomas. So to hang on to that pass in that situation, yeah. get them the points they needed to really be, be in contention there in the second half, to feel like they were in the game, feel like they had a shot. I hope Kareem Jackson gets suspended gets disciplined something look it is a fast game football is a fast game it is played quickly there are a lot of bang bang things where you go ah didn't mean to do that that was literally all the things you can't do on a football field bent the knees launched helmet first jumped at the guy it, it was so so much uh it, it was so much of everything you can't do I, it really bothered me in the moment bothers me now that somebody was playing nfl football like that yesterday how did they do it in the second half they got i mean they got great plays from great playmakers in space antonio gibson brian robinson jr a little bit of curtis samuel and you mentioned so much terry 
A lot of Terry, but a lot of Terry going on there. A lot of Terry mixed in. That's a winning recipe for these guys. I haven't even mentioned the defense. Emmanuel Forbes. How about an Emmanuel Forbes shout out? Uh, you know, very strong first game for him. First Absolutely, game. man. I mean, the turning point for me it has to be that Jamin Davis strip fumble there, where you know it felt like. All of a sudden, something went right. And the team's on the road, and they're dealing with the altitude, and they're giving up these early touchdowns. And then once they got a little bit of momentum, they jumped on it. And that's what separates this team from teams of the past, where when everything's going wrong, they would give up. You know, I, I said it on your show. I believe if Scott Turner was the offense coordinator, they don't score a touchdown until the third or the fourth quarter. Eric Bieniemy flipped the script early on, uh, but we have to get to the beginning of that game. Like, what went wrong defensively? Because it was so ugly at first. So many explosive plays. It reminded me of last year against the Detroit Lions where you're down 20 nothing at halftime. Oh, no question. It really vibes of that first road game, feeling good after the first week, and then all of a sudden just a huge letdown. This is... I, I've, I called the Denver Broncos all week an average NFL team. Right now the Commanders are an average NFL team too. They're capable of some really good things, but they're capable of some really bad things too, Adam. So normally your producer would tell you this, Adam, but I feel like since I'm here, uh, we got Greg on the phone if you want to bring Greg in. Oh, yeah. Greg, you're on the fan with AWOD. What's going on, buddy? Hey, just wanted to give my two cents. Uh, uh, the, I agree with you uh, on your game balls uh, with pain and so forth, but – the way I look at it is, and this is what I was hoping for when they drafted Young, when Payne got his first sack, if you notice, there's three guys on Young. And it left a wide-open one-on-one hole for Payne, which he was much uh, much more superior. And, and, that's the, and when he got through that line and, and was able to get that sack, I don't think that would have been as easily done if they didn't have three guys on Chase Young. And that's what that's what you were hoping for, if Seishan didn't get a sack or anything else, he draws so much attention that it leaves the rest of the line to be able to do what they're supposed to do. And that's something that I noticed. And I, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from pain, but without Chase Young in that play, I, I don't think he probably might have not got that sack. I, I totally agree. Chase Young in his first game back, one and a half sacks, seven pressures, four uh, QB rushes there where he hurried him, uh, 84.6 pass rush grade, second highest graded defensive player. Were you shocked by that? Yeah. I, I, I actually I, I am shocked. And the only thing that I could criticize uh, what I saw yesterday from Payne, uh, which is little, is that he gets sometimes he gets going so fast that they'll drive him up the field. They'll they'll get that tackle to push him up the field, and he leaves that hole for like a quarterback or a running back can run through you know and get around that line. That's the only thing that I think that he he, he probably could need to work on his technique as far as not being driven up the field or someplace because he's so fast. Yeah, good, Greg, good call, Greg. I appreciate you chiming in. We're all happy and celebrating here on a Victory Monday and really pleasantly surprised with the play of Chase Young. Uh, Michael, can you take me back to your perspective of the deep pass, the touchdown uh, from Russell Wilson? Uh, and, and what was that, Marvin Mims, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we've been through so much, Adam. We've been through so much as Commanders fans, as football team fans, as Redskins fans. We've lived through so many. Jameis Winston heaving those up, last second, rip yeah. your heart out, the Giants last year. And just, it will take a while for me to get unprogrammed from that. It will take a while for me to get to where I, I don't see that and I just instinctively go, oh no, it's happening again. Oh my gosh, I hate being a fan of this team. I, I hate watching this team. 
I will think that every single I was just so sure they were going to get the two point conversion. Um, I it, look, I love Cam Curl. They, that Cam Curl kind of did the volleyball move, knocked it up as he realized it was coming his way. He'll want that one back. Uh, you're just really glad that didn't turn out being a, a really costly moment for the team. Because um, boy, that would that was a scary few seconds of football there. Absolutely, you know, but a win is a win. Uh, everybody, follow Michael Phillips on social media, Michael P N R V A, and actually check out his YouTube channel, Michael Phillips. Subscribe there. He's posting little clips from his show. It's awesome. You can check it out on YouTube just by searching Michael Phillips. Thanks a lot, MP. My man, enjoy the show. Yep, talk to you tomorrow when we broadcast live from the Diamond ahead of the Squirrels' playoff match. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And I'm live here from Capital Ale House in Innsbruck on a victory Monday Recapping the Commanders' win, the rest of the NFL Sunday slate, and getting you geared up for two Monday night football games tonight. The defense, for the second time in a row this season, took the game from the Denver Broncos. Just turned it around completely with the amount of pressure that they got. Seven pressures from Chase Young, two sacks, one QB hit. Seven pressures for Montez Sweat, two sacks. The two met in the backfield together. That's what we have been hoping for all of last season. Didn't happen. John Allen, seven, uh, six pressures, no sacks, but he was getting uh, to the quarterback with ease. Deron Payne, five pressures, one sack, three quarterbacks hit, and all these, that one series where he completely flipped the game. All right, Christopher, call Danny one more time here. Uh, he's going to try to hop on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline with us. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Um, so, if you want to chime in throughout the show, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. The question of the day on the Richmond Commander is, did you feel like at any point in that game that the Commanders were going to lose? Or were you like me? I always felt like a comeback was possible because of the way our offense was driving down the field. Yes, they were sending for field goals, but they were getting down the field. They were converting on third downs throughout the entire game, so I always felt like there was a chance we could come back. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can hear him right here on 910 The Fan from 3 to 6.30 alongside Grant Polson. It's Danny Ruye. What's going on, Danny? What do you say, brother? Just a standard Sunday afternoon game. You know, no back and forth, no dramatics there. Just a, just a casual win. I, my pulse was very, very low and calm the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what a win. Uh, 35-33. What, what impressed you the most? You know, Was it the rushing attack, 122 yards? Was it Sam Howell, 299 yards throughout the air? Or was it maybe the defense making plays? It's hard, to, it's hard to say that all of those things were so good when they gave up drives on their first three possessions, right, on defense. It's hard to say those things were so good when they didn't have much going on offense, uh, you know, e- even with some of the drives, as you mentioned, set up for field goal attempts, but the sacks, the pressures, and, and a couple of near turnovers. But you're right about all of that. There were certainly moments of lows. To me, the most important thing, and I hate this, this is so cheesy, this is like tough guy football talk type stuff, but the resiliency. I mean, as, as, as down as I am in general on Ron Rivera, the, the executive, and at times I think he's a pretty middling head coach, I mean, his record sort of proves that, they play hard for him, and there's no quit in this group. So usually what they do is they start out pretty poorly uh, in September and October, climb out of that hole with sort of grit and guts and you know, winning uh, you know, these 17-16 type games, 
But there is no quit in this group. There's a lot of fight, and I think that actually matters an awful lot. When you're not a great club, and they're not yet, they're not in the realm of some of the elite teams. They're going to see a couple of them here in the next couple of weeks. But that stuff matters in a league that's really razor thin, that's close. I mean, look at some of the dramatic comebacks that happened yesterday in their own division. The Giants had no business winning the game that they won against Arizona, yet here they are. Uh, you know, it, it basically salvaging their season instead of an 0-2 start. They're now staring down the barrel of, of maybe some relevancy. And, and Washington needed these two games, quite frankly, because I think their schedule was really arduous. Harvesting your nuts, as they like to say, uh, getting a couple of wins the way that they did have been incredible. Danny Ruye with us here on the Hadid Mercer on Cleaning Hotline. Danny, what is your theory or reason why the defensive line has been so dominant in the third quarters of games. My theory is, like, you go to the gym and you're lifting weights and the first couple reps are fine, but by the time you're doing that third set, it's so tough. And so the offensive linemen are lifting weights trying to stop Allen and Payne by the third quarter. I think they're all gassed. I I think there's something to that. I I would also say Jack Del Rio deserves credit uh, on on this front, right? Whether it's an, an adjustment that, you know, regular mortal eyes like mine can't see or perceive uh, something is changing in these games, right? I mean, you touched on it. They, they have been really good, especially in the second half, third quarters, they've stiffened and all of a sudden think of that possession that Deron Payne had three consecutive plays, you know, sack tackle for loss, batted down pass. Now it's your time to punt those kind of things. These are the same players in the first half, but something is changing, whether the group is wearing them down. I think that's a factor, but also maybe an adjustment, maybe, a, maybe a stunt, maybe something, uh, you know, that they noticed in one of those uh, pictures that they look at of a Microsoft Surface that says, hey, if you, you know, if uh, John Allen, if you occupy this guard, I can go across his face, and next thing you know, one of us will be in the backfield. There's been something that's happened, an awakening uh, in the second half of these games. You'd love them to be able to play a full game, especially, again, with some of the opponents they have coming up, but it really has been almost a tale of two different defenses. Yeah, I I love it. I mean, it just seems like by the third or the fourth quarter, our our defensive line is going to win their individual matchup every single snap. And speaking of the defensive line, I I was shocked by how much uh, Chase Young played. You know, there was all the talk he was going to be on the pitch count. He just kept playing and playing. And the impact that he made, it just felt like every single play. Now, I I feel the same way that he, he doesn't have that many moves when it comes to rushing the quarterback. But he was just causing havoc by pushing his guy basically into Russell Wilson every single snap. I was so pleasantly surprised with the play of Chase Young. I was stunned, quite frankly. Uh, I was wrong. I will admit that. I'll, I'm admitting it to you. I'll admit <laughs> it on air. Uh, when we get started at 2 o'clock, I'll probably do it once an hour. I did not expect very much. <laughs> just based on what we saw the last couple of years, honestly. You know, uh, as you said, a guy without a, a great verse, you know, uh, an array of moves, not a true pass rusher. Um, and last year, you know, when he kind of came back from that injury – just kind of looked like a chicken with his head cut off, running around, um, you know, sort of getting swallowed up by, by tackles. He was splendid yesterday. The burst was there. You saw some of the recognition. There was, my favorite play of his, Adam, wasn't necessarily one of the sacks. It was he called off his rush, figured out where the play was going. It was a backside screen and just sat yeah. on it, knocked the, the running back down, you know, pushed a couple of linemen while he was at it, and Wilson had no choice but to throw it away. That's not just a – I'm running crazy just to run. That's a cerebral recognition. Then using some of my talent to disrupt plays. I thought that was fantastic. Things like that just have been missing, Frank, the last couple of years. So maybe all the offseason rhetoric, maybe all of the, uh, you know, I'm doing it, doing it my own way, which hasn't really been effective for the last couple of seasons. Maybe there is something to it. He looked fantastic, and I did not expect it. It's Danny Ruye with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Check out Grant and Danny from 3 to 6.30 right here on 910 The Fan, always available on the Odyssey app. How do you and Grant feel about 
the special teams with the field goals. I, I, I mean, are we blaming Joey Sly at all? Is it only on Cameron Cheeseman? Is it like the whole group as a whole? Are we blaming Ron Rivera for, for not cutting him in the offseason? What's your take? This is a Rivera Cheeseman production. Uh, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> Sometimes competition's important. Other times it's not. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, one of the things they love to tell you about whenever you ask on or off the record is look how many of our draft picks we kept. Well, you're the guy yeah. that decides if you keep them or not, right? You're the guy that made them. And then look at that. The head coach is there having influence uh, over who gets selected or not. Remember, they traded up to, to select Cam Cheeseman uh, not that long ago, moving on from Nick Sundberg. So I have no patience for anything less than perfect snaps every time. It's probably not fair, but that's the reality, especially when your margins are so razor thin. As it is in the NFL for most teams, and I think especially this one, it's not okay. You simply cannot have bad snaps. Tressway has done an incredible job. You think of the first game where he, you know, he caught one that was high. He's caught ground balls like he's uh, my six-year-old on a youth baseball field. Uh, it is not okay. So, yeah, I, I mean, the idea that there was, they just sort of said, yeah, we're working on it. I don't need you to work on it. I need it to fix. I need it to fix now. I feel bad. It's someone's life. It's someone's livelihood. It's their profession. But that simply cannot go on for another second. I don't know where the competition is. I don't know if there's a long snapper hotline. I just know that something needs to be done <laughs> ASAP. Danny, great stuff as always, man. Look at us, two, two victory Mondays in a row doing radio. How fun is that, man? It, it's way more fun than the alternative. And remember, Dan Snyder is not on the team anymore. It's just so bleeping delightful. Just watching a football game, win, lose, or draw, that bastard tyrant is somewhere else, uh, hopefully stubbing his toe every five steps. It's so much fun just to watch the team that I grew up loving that I could sort of love unfettered again, right? There's nothing in the way. There's no kind of like I have to work my way around certain mental obstacles or, or excuse my own behavior. It's just fun to watch a football team compete their butts off like they did yesterday, man. It's, it's been great. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate it. Talk to you again soon. You you got it, brother. Talk soon. Yep. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. What did you think of the Commanders' 35-33 to victory? When we return, I'm going to try a new segment here on a Victory Monday. The who, what, when, where, how, and why the Commanders won the game. That's coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a Victory Monday. You're rocking with the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and Odyssey Richmond is proud to be Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app, 910 The Fan, or WRVA, 1140 AM, while the Squirrels season is still going on, and there is playoff baseball at the Diamond tomorrow. Um, and then we also have a full two-hour post-game show, the gut check that I was in on yesterday, recapping the game. And phone lines are open throughout this show, 833-804-0910. It's time for the Commander's Corner, 833-804-0910. Who, what, when, where, how, and why did the Commanders win and go to 2-0 and for the first time since 2011, 833-804-0910. Let me hear that hail to the Commanders, Chris, to get me in the mood here as it is 1247 here on a Victory Monday. So let's start with the who. The Commanders, 2-0 for the first time since 2011. Who? Because Ron Rivera went out and hired the smartest offensive mind in football that was not being named a head coach. We don't need to get into it. It's unfair. Eric Bieniemy, two Super Bowls. He wins another one against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles' offensive and defensive coordinators get head coaching jobs. Eric Bieniemy forced to move cross-country and take another position as the offensive coordinator. 
But the who? The who is Eric Bieniemy. He's the reason the team is 2-0 for the first time since 2011. He's my game MVP. I give him my game ball because what a game plan. His team has not scored 35 points all offensively in a long time, and they put up 35 yesterday against the Denver Broncos because of the impressive play calling of Eric Bieniemy. The what? The what is what a breath of fresh air to see Chase Young. And not just see Chase Young on the field, you know, and his, you know, his long dreadlocks and his jersey and his, you know, his buff biceps. He looks like a monster, right? But not just seeing him on the field. Seeing him on the field making plays, impacting the game, getting a sack and a half. You know, not it won't show up in the box score, but I'll tell you this. He's going to be all over the game film because like I told Danny Rui last segment, it felt like every snap that he was on the field, he was a disruptor. And he helped lead to the game-changing turnover in which Jamin Davis was able to have a strip fumble from Russell Wilson. Chase Young, you deserve the recognition. The what for this game? It's going to be what a breath of fresh air it is to see Chase Young. Now go and ball and stay humble throughout the rest of the season. When? Well, I, I mentioned it. When Washington got the Jamin Davis strip sack turnover from Russell Wilson, that changed the game. They finally got the tiniest bit of momentum to go out there and make a play or two. And you know what? They capitalized on that when they scored 11 points in two minutes, in four minutes there, to get back in the game. That's when I said to my buddy when I was watching the game, with, I said, hey, we got ourselves a football game. Anything can happen in this second half. From that moment on, we went out there and won it. When? When Jamin Davis had the strip tackle of Russell Wilson. Where? Where was this game won? Well, I think this game was won once again in the trenches, just like last week. Once Deron Payne started eating up offensive linemen, once Chase got in, once Chase and Montez Sweat met in the backfield, then Denver had no answer for Washington. Offensively, the rushing attack. Where was the game won? In the trenches once again, winning at the point of attack. Some sacks, yes, but the offensive line pushed the pile and ran successfully for 122 yards on the ground, a 5.3 average, very impressive, all right? That's so impressive. Where was this game won? The game was won by the offensive and defensive line for the Commanders. How? The question how for me is, how did Sam Howell stay focused? How did Sam Howell stay poised while dealing with an 18-point deficit? How did he do that? Well, you got to give credit to Eric Bieniemy and also credit to Sam Howell, the young quarterback, found his tight ends. They were huge yesterday. And I always say this, a young quarterback's best friend is his tight end. A young quarterback's BFF is his tight end. It was John Bates, three catches, 46 yards. It was Cole Turner, two catches, 21 yards. It was Logan Thomas. I hope he can get healthy because, my goodness, he got crushed in the end zone and somehow concussed, hung onto the football. I mean, the, the defender was ejected for headhunting. How did Sam Howe stay focused and poised? By throwing in between the hashes to his tight ends. They were huge in this win. How about the Y? We got to talk about it. It's the elephant in the room. Why the hell did Washington go down 21-3, to right? Why did they go down so much so early? And I think the answer is because they did not convert in the red zone, right? That was an issue all last season. And I feel like if Scott Turner was still the offensive coordinator, they might have still had three points in the fourth quarter. But once they started converting in the red zone, the points started racking up. I mean, they were moving the ball all game with ease. Just kind of settling for field goal attempts. You miss the first one. You make the second one. That should have been 14 points. Then all of a sudden, you get seven instead of settling for three. 
and it's a shift. And that's how they scored 21 points in the second half, three for three on red zone drives, right? And then three for three overall throughout the game there, uh, um, especially when it came to the second half of the game, you had the issue first first drive. You get down the field, we blame, we absolutely blame the long snapper. It was a terrible snap. Uh, Tressway gets does a good job to getting it down, but the kick is wide right. And then they miss another field goal later on. It was a decent snap. Joey Slide just missed it. But once you start getting past midfield and getting into the end zone, that's how that's how you win games. Why did Washington get down so much early? Because they were not scoring touchdowns when the Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos were. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. It feels so good to be discussing a commander's victory with you guys here on a victory Monday. It is a new era now in Washington, right? I mean, it sure feels like it. No more Dan Snyder. In comes Josh Harris. He's fixing the fan experience, right? Fixed it in training camp, fixed it week one at FedEx Field. I'm going to give Josh Harris credit. The fan experience is a lot better when your team comes from behind and wins a road game in the fourth quarter. It is a new era in Washington, and here's the big difference. I feel like last year somebody would have fought with each other, right? I mean, do you remember when Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen were fighting on the sidelines? It is a new era in Washington where nobody was complaining when they were down big. Nobody blamed each other. They just kept fighting. And finally, something went our way, and then boom, from then on it was like an avalanche. Everything started going Washington's way. You watch, you know, we got on that roll. 11 points with another five minutes to go in the first half. That completely swung the game. Then you came out of the half fired up, right? This is a game that the old team loses, but no longer. This is a new era in Washington, and the team that was down by 18 goes up by 11 and holds on for a two-point victory, 35-33. to 33. And I just can't say enough good things about Eric Bieniemy. The play calling was unbelievable. Sam Howell threw the ball 30 times in the first half. Just nine throws in the second half, and yet the team scores 21 points. Balance. That's balance right there. And you know what? It wasn't just, hey, run, 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 run. It was run, 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 screen pass. And something that Andy Reid has done to perfection in the NFL for a long time is understand when his offensive line is struggling and they need to run a screen pass there. And it stops the pass rushers and makes them think for a second here. And not we didn't just hit them with one screen. We burned them with two or three. It wasn't just Robinson. It was Robinson and Antonio Gibson. And then a screen pass to Cole Turner. I mean, how about that creative play call there? A screen to the tight end that picked up the first down. The creativity by Eric Bieniemy is why the team got the win. And the creativity of Eric Bieniemy is why Ron Rivera is my team MVP in the offseason. You know, he was too loyal for too long to Scott Turner. Now think about it for a second. What if he had Scott fired Scott Turner two years ago? And then he what? He brings in the hot name. It's Matt Nagy or something like that. Well, it wouldn't have been Eric Bieniemy. He had to fire Scott Turner at the perfect time. It worked out to perfection for Washington as they won the offense, uh, the offseason by getting the best offensive genius in football to come from Kansas City to Washington. And now Kansas City struggling to score 20 points, and Washington hung 35 on the road at mile high against the Denver Broncos. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Were you like me where 
as much as it sucked to be down 18 points, I really wasn't worried all game long because of the way our offense was moving. 833-804-0910. Take your phone calls next on AWOD Radio.